live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. Freaking fail clowns. Who's worse than the Giants? How about the fail clowns? How about the worst gloss ever that no longer is that terrible of a gloss? Again, I like these guys, but they're at it again. Failing and clowning, this time in prime time, failing and clowning. Failing plus clowning equals fail clowns. Fail clowns. Way to fail it up, clowns. Against a team. I I love the fire graphic on CBS Sports Network. Keep that up, New York. I love that. Fail clowns. Fail clowns. There it is. Love it. New York. Fail clowns. I'm just, I'm in California watching my program monitor. Keep it up, Alvy. I'm in California live in real time watching my feed, my program feed coming back from New York. (laughs) They just keep popping the graphic. It is so good. Do you know why that's so good? We didn't plan that. I love it, man. I am so happy right now. I'm having the best show ever. New York. I love you. Alvy, nice job. Well done. So when I'm talking about the fail clowns, the reason I'm saying that, it, the only ones not happy about this are the fail clowns and the Falcons, fail which is too bad because, again, I like the team. I like the organization. I like dealing with them. But what happened last night? They failed up, clowns. And it was against a team that already fired their head coach. Against a team that already traded their best player. Against a team that rolled out there with a former XFL or under center. Against a team that, incredibly enough, this team was playing for first place in the NFC South. That's how bad that division is. Incredibly. This Falcons team can still win this division and host a playoff game. Incredible. Incredible. And I keep saying incredible because it's easier to believe that the team we all watched last night could actually be vying for the number one pick overall. I could make that argument just as easily as I can make the argument that they could win their division and host a playoff game. Here's the thing. I don't think that Atlanta fan is taking issue with anything I'm saying right now because how could they? How could they argue with me? How could they disagree with me? Atlanta fan has got to be just as fed up with the fail clowns as everybody else. Now, you know. New York, where are you? Thank you. You should be watching us on CBS Sports Network so you know what we're talking about. You know I'm a fan of Arthur Smith, right? I've made that pretty clear. It's not his fault. He's the reason more than anything else that they're even sniffing respectability in the first place, much less first place in one of the worst divisions ever. The guy's smart as hell, tough as hell. I love the guy. He's got this roster and this team in a much better spot than anybody thought they'd be. But even he can't overcome his dude in the most important position on the field, acting like he forgot how to play the most important position on the field. Marcus Mariota. I mean, by all accounts, it's a good dude. Good dude. I've always enjoyed my interaction with him. Good dude. Solid leader. Solid human. 
and he did earn another chance to start in the NFL. Unfortunately, he's taking that chance, and he's dousing it with kerosene, and then busting out blue tips and flicking them all over the yard. Lit blue tips. And those flames are burning the entire team to the ground. Felt like this dude. Here you go, New York. New York, you rule. New York is just kind of generic for the entire crew back there that runs the TV side. They run the TV side from New York. And they're just on their game today, especially. As far as Marcus, I felt like my man threw more balls to Carolina last night than he did to his own teammates. And when he did actually try to throw somebody in a Falcons uniform, odds were pretty good that he was going to miss them by about 10 yards. I mean, you got dudes running free, wide-ass open, and he's missing them. One play, though, says it all, and it didn't even count. You know what I'm talking about. If you made it through that game, if you suffered through that game, you know exactly what I'm referring to. It counted as a sack, critical third and four. In the fourth quarter, he's lucky it counted as a sack and that it did not count as the worst INT in NFL history. Mariota moving to his right, tripped up in the backfield. He just tosses it, and it's picked off. Down the sideline, Hartfield. Hart touchdown, Carolina. The question, was Mariota down? And he is clearly down. Yeah. He's laying down. Yeah, his, <laughs> his back derriere was on the ground. And Mariota just chucked it in the air somehow. It was actually one of his better throws of the night. <laughs> That's not very nice. <laughs> no, but it's not very nice. Truthful. Westwood won. They're just clowning the guy. I mean, the play pretty much sums up the horrendous and, frankly, bizarre decision-making that Mariota, Mariota made last night. And not just one bad decision either. This dude was missing targets from a totally clean pocket and yet attempting a pass upside upside down and backwards. I mean, the hell was this guy thinking or seeing last night or doing? I know what everybody else was thinking and suing and doing, seeing and doing, I should say. They were saying, thinking, doing, tapping this out, asking, where the hell is the rookie, Desmond Ritter? When do we get to see this cat? Because that's what everybody thought. Nobody wanted to see any more of Marcus, except for maybe Arthur Smith. Here was his response after the game to the question of, do you anticipate Marcus being the starter next week? Guys, you can make it about the quarterback. How about about the team? So we, we had an opportunity at the end of the, in the fourth quarter of the last two weeks and uh, a lot of different ways, a lot of different phases, Mike. We got to get better. And uh, thankful that we got an opportunity to come back and do that with seven games left. Notice what he did not do. He did not answer the question. I mean, of course, he said the right thing. Of course, it would probably accomplish nothing to run Marcus under the fail clown bus. Fail clown. And I know from dealing with this team that the last thing that he was going to do was proclaim Desmond Ritter the new starter in a postgame presser last night. That's not what he's about. But on top of that, I will say, he's not wrong when he says it's not only about the quarterback, it's also about that team. 
it wasn't just Marcus. I mean, the fail clowns did get work last night all the way around. And Carolina does deserve a smidge of credit for that. Like I said earlier, it's a team that sought off Matt Rule. It's a team that shipped off Christian McCaffrey. And yet, they can still run and they can still win. They did put up 232 yards on the ground without CMC. Not that Atlanta can stop anybody ever on the ground. We know this. Hell, I feel like I'm good for five yards a clip against the fail clowns, and I'm a 50-something-year-old man who's never played football before except in the street. Fail clowns. They can't stop anybody, yo. That aside, you know, I'd like to say something nice about interim head coach Steve Wilkes. Number one, he blew right by Matt Rule for a number of wins this season coaching Matt Rule's team. I like Steve Wilkes. I liked him when I first spoke to him after he got the Arizona gig. I'd love to see them finish strong and for him to get that gig full-time, honestly. But they're going to have to finish like a freaking freight train for that to happen because you know that owner is going to want to take a big swing and make a really splashy hire. Notice I'm not saying he'll do the right thing, but you know he's going to do the splashy thing. I'm not saying that Wilkes has to have that job. I'm just saying that hopefully Wilkes continues to play the crappy hand that he's been dealt and makes it as hard on the owner as he possibly can. And then one more thing about last night. Two more things about last night. You have to love that everybody is saying that last night's crap fest is so great for Tampa Bay, which I'll get to in a minute, but I'll tell you what's not great for Amazon Prime. Can you imagine paying that insane amount of jack and getting three hours of that weekly diarrhea on the screen? Anyway, you have all these geniuses who are saying that last night's three-hour explosion into the porcelain bowl is actually great news for the Tampa Bay Bucks. Yeah, I don't know that it is. I don't know that they're any better Tampa Bay than the chumps I saw last night. TB45 pulling one out of his ass after playing like ass for an entire game against a team that is ass does not prove anything to me. It does not impress me at all. Great. So you get to back into a divisional title in one of the worst divisions ever, only to get what's left of your face broken in your first playoff game. Other than that song underneath, whenever I reference Bacon 45, how is that so great for either the Bucks or Bacon 45? It's not. There's really nothing good about that division or anybody in it. And then after all of that, I was going to try and steer clear of it. But after all of that, I know that all of you clones have one takeaway from that game, none of which I referenced. It was when the Panthers were coming off the field and Baker Mayfield was doing whatever it is Baker Mayfield was doing. <laughs> Mayfield, oh, beautiful. Huh. It's a good, okay. way, a good way to wind up in concussion protocol, yeah. even though you don't get into the game. Huh. Oh, boy. 
I think Al Michael said it best, quote, good way to wind up in concussion protocol. And a good way to wind up in concussion protocol. Yeah. Baker was coming off the field, sans helmet, headbutting guys with helmets. I've seen Twitter, and yes, I know Twitter right now is more Wild West and clown show than reliable news source, but that's for another time. Baker was hyped for his teammates. Probably a little too hyped, my man. Maybe you put your helmet back on if you're going to headbutt your dudes. Gus Farratt, headbutting a brick wall, thinks that that was reckless. Man, poor Baker. My man can't win for losing. Even when he's being a great teammate and selfless, he's catching mad bleep. Are you craving some protein after a good workout? Do not make a shake or eat a bar. Instead, grab a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper. Why Old Trapper? Because Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty and tender, and it's made with real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a wood fire. Old Trapper is a family-owned business that takes smoked beef extremely seriously, and you can taste it in every single bite. I mean, who wants dried-out, tough beef in a bag? No one. It's like eating a shoe. Old Trapper is the real deal, and it comes in four amazing flavors. Old Fashioned is sweetened with a touch of brown sugar goodness, teriyaki, peppered, and hot and spicy for those of you who like to take things up a notch. Next time you want a great protein and energy snack that you can have anytime, anywhere, grab some Old Trapper beef jerky. Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. That way you can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares Old Trapper Witcher beef. In several different dozen different countries and couldn't get a call back from anybody in the NBA and said, what the hell were the Nets doing hiring Steve Nash when they should have been talking to him? And then he called back recently. You all remember the call. Then he called back recently and said, in effect, told you so. Well, I just hate to say it, Ron. I told you. I told you what was going to happen. I mean, exactly what I told you was going to happen happened. The guy was lost. He was clueless. And at the end of the day, he got swept by the Celtics. And supposedly, when you look at rosters, roster for roster, the Nets roster is unbelievable compared to the Celtics roster. So what other explanation do they have? They made a mistake? No kidding. So my man just piling on, piling on. Kind of ridiculous. You know, not really unfair. So then they fire Steve Nash. And I start putting out the bat signal, the Ricky signal. Where's Ricky? Where's Ricky? Where's Ricky? You know, he piled on after the Nets got run out of the postseason. But how about when Nash got run out of a job? I'm saying, where is Ricky? Where is Ricky? I thought he'd be the first one through. Nowhere. Nowhere. Until now. Found him. Right to the front of the line. When you're that guy, you don't wait. Let's go to Tampa. Ricky in Tampa. Ricky, what's going on? Or check that. Coach, what's going on? Well, we're home. It's uh, ridiculously uh, ridiculous. No, I'm just kidding, dude. This is Will and Richmond. I got a quick Menendez Brothers haiku. Uh, haiku. You have a Menendez Brothers high cue. 
first of all, I knew that was not Ricky the second he started. Ricky Q. Q, not Q, idiot. High Q. Pool Q. High Q. Have you ever experienced the flavor of actual live fire cooking? We're not talking about a fire pit in the backyard. This is about the big green egg, the ultimate cooking experience. I know you know about it because the second I got mine and I started talking about it, people were rushing up on me like they knew. They wanted to talk about it. It's because the egg is the most versatile grill you're ever going to own. I'm telling you, you can grill, roast, smoke, sear, and even bake. Yes, try a pizza on the egg. It will amaze you. It works. It's incredible. So stop wasting money on grills that you have to replace every few years. We've all been there. We've done that. It gets old. Forget the pellets and the knockoffs, too. Listen to me. Roll. With an authentic big green egg. It is a ceramic marvel. It's backed by a lifetime warranty. That's right. A lifetime warranty. It is simple to light. It is easy to use. It works without a power source. You don't have to plug anything in. So with the playoffs and the holidays approaching, you cannot beat a smoked turkey on an egg. How cool is that? And it makes a great gift. And they've got two models that are perfect for tailgating. The best part is you can have it delivered right to your house for free from a local dealer in your community. That's right. Shop online at BigGreenEgg.com. Have it delivered to your house for free. That's how I did it. It was an awesome experience. That's BigGreenEgg.com. And yes, you will thank me later. Let's go to Green Bay. Steven. Hey, Steven. So talk to me. How has your life changed since you became known nationally as Stalker Steve? Oh, it's improved a thousand percent, Romy. How so? For Talk sure. to me. These, I got to say, Jim, these text and Twitter followers of yours, some of them are pretty damn funny, dude. Not you, Geoff. But, like, honestly, they have no idea. When comparing Twitter clone to caller clone, they have no idea what's going on, bro. Ever since I started calling into the jungle, I have gotten so much tail, dude. It's not even funny. The wife wants to wrestle constantly. She's going all Lisa in indie with me all the time. It's like never ending, bro. Business socks and all. No wonder why Alvy isn't on the show more often. He'd have a hundred children by now, Rome. And the, I can only assume, Jim, that the same applies to the other callers of yours. Dick in Buffalo might be a one or a two to the Buffalo in Buffalo. But when he calls into the jungle, he gets elevated to a solid two and a half. And Parody Larry, well, to be honest, I don't really think the ladies like Larry too much. But Paul's dog is totally into him, dude. So I just wanted to share that little insider secret with the Twitter clones who most certainly are not masters of their domain. You guys are like TK Burger, he said. All right, so let's try and make some sense of what just happened. Stalker Steve, I said to him, how, <laughs> how has your life changed since you have now become known nationally as Stalker Steve? He said, oh. Very dramatically, I am getting, quote, 
so much tail now because of that phone call from the wife all day, every day, Lisa in indie style. He said, you have to make a distinction. And I think he made a very good point, honestly. He said, you need to make a distinction. Stop it, Alvin. It doesn't apply to me. It applies to him. He, well, I mean, it does apply to me, but I, I don't need the music for that justification. He, he made the point that callers are different than Twitter followers. And that once he made the phone call, he got in with the Twitter followers because they found him and started to go in. He's like, y'all got no idea. Y'all got no idea. He goes, I've gotten so much tail since I called the show, Rome. Now I know why everybody else calls the show who calls the show. He said Rick in Buffalo might be a one or a two in Buffalo to those other Buffaloes, but because he calls the show, he's a solid two and a half. That stalker did a pretty good job of turning that thing around. I like it. I like it. Stalker Steve in Green Bay. This message is sponsored by Discover. Did you know you could reduce the number of unwanted calls and emails with online privacy protection, the latest innovation from Discover. Discover will help you regularly remove your personal info, like your name and address, from 10 popular people search websites that could sell your data. And they will do it for free. Activate in the Discover app and see terms and learn more at discover.com slash online privacy protection. All right, so let's talk about the best worst game ever. Everybody knows the autumn wind is a Raider, but the autumn wind may disown the Raiders if the Raiders cannot find a way to beat Indy this weekend. If the Raiders lose to the Colts, the autumn wind is bouncing for good. Again, this has to be the best terrible game ever. The 2-6 and six Raiders hosting the 3-5-1 and one Colts. It sounds terrible. It sounds awful. It sounds like a Thursday night matchup. It sounds like the last thing you want anything to do with. However, it's actually amazing. The Raiders have been arguably the single biggest disappointment in the NFL this year. The Colts, meanwhile, had arguably the single most chaotic and hectic week any franchise has had since Perv's night out. Since Perv and Buddy needed a night out. Since Pervin Liar skipped the team flight to throw on a Buckeye sweater and hunt coeds at the chop house in Seabus. That bad of a week. Well, actually, not that bad of a week. Nobody's ever had a week that bad. But you're in the same neighborhood. I'm talking about the upper quartile of the CIA. In the upper quartile of winners were in the. And building rockets. That's still not quite Pervin Liar, Buddy Needs a Night Out bad, but a clown show nonetheless. So the result of a week of straight chaos in Indy is as follows. You've got a head coach who has never coached at the pro level. And I'm not saying never been a head coach at the pro level. I mean, has never coached on any level at the pro level. He's never even coached at the college level. So you have that. You've got a guy playing or calling plays who has never called plays before. You have a quarterback who has never won an NFL game before. 
So if you're the Raiders and you badly need a win, this has got to be, when you take all that together, this has got to be the best thing ever, right? You've got to be confident, right? Raider fan, am I right? Yeah, not so much. Not so much. Not even a little. No, not at all. Feel free to call me and tell me otherwise, Raider fan. Raider Mike, where are you at? And you, don't- you don't have to answer. I know damn well why you haven't come around here in months. But the lines are open for any other Raider fan who wants to come in here and guarantee a win on Sunday. Because as far as I can tell, Raider fan is freaking the hell out. And for good reason. Because look what happened yesterday. If things were not bad enough already, yesterday, not one, but two major offensive weapons hit the IR for Vegas. Pretty key guys, too. Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro. Both gone for at least a month. Which means help is not on the way. This is a different kind of Tourette's. Help is on the way. Alvin, what... When I say that, is there any way you pull that? Help is not on the way. I want to see if he gets this. Help. Oh. <laughs> Love it, Alvin. Dude, I am so impressed with you. I am so impressed with you. Alvin, that is one of my favorite things you've ever done. We don't plan that stuff. That is so organic. Even if you know, Alvin, that I love Rise Against, did you really know I was going there? Or that you knew that song. I, I am so into that, Alvin. Congratulations, Alvin. You can have Ritz salary. Ritz, you're fired. That, that is amazing. Congratulations. Alvin knows I love that band, and he didn't know that song. Great song, by the way. Serious song. But the fact of the matter is, help is not on the way for the Raiders. Not for an offense that has been busted. Good job, Alvin. I'm so pleased with you. Chicago's Finest, Rise Against, one of my favorite bands ever. Helps not on the way for an offense that has been busted all season long. Check out this Schefter tweet. And I'm pretty well convinced it's an actual Schefter tweet. Quote, And so, due to various injuries, the Raiders now will have had their big four, Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, and Darren Waller, on the field together this season for a grand total of 43 plays. End of tweet. That partly explains why they're garbage. It doesn't fully explain how they've blown three 17-point leads, but that is brutal. That is brutal. And, you know, it's pretty apparent why their offense has been consistently ass this season because they can't get their best players on the field. And if losing... Two offensive weapons was not bad enough. Their leading tackler from last week's game just up and retired from the NFL yesterday. You've heard him on this show a number of times. Back when he played for the Packers, Blake Martinez would always come on. He had 11 tackles against the Jags five days ago. And right now he's halfway to Cabo, probably. He hung him up midweek, midseason. He gone. And I don't know. I, I haven't spoken to him. I've seen no speculation as to why he gone, but he gone. You know, I don't know if that was a for who, for what moment. I don't know if he was doing some deep soul searching, 
but he gone. And this comes days after Vegas put another starting linebacker with arguably the best name in the NFL and a fine player, Divine Diablo, on the IR. The same week, and I never got to this. I had a whole dissertation on this. I never got to this. But the very same week that they cut 2019 first-round draft pick Jonathan Abram. Hey, John. Another first-round pick from the regime, the previous regime, Foodin and Mike Mayock that washed out. Foodin and Mayock had six first-rounders in three years, and only Josh Jacobs made any difference at all. That's enough of that crap. Way to go, Foodin. Yeah, I know. You're a good dude. Never mind all those racist, homophobic, misogynistic emails. You're a good guy, Foodin. You just eat too much, and you go to church. But I am a good person. I'm telling you, Raiders, anything but a lock. It's like rats. Those rats with two T's fling a sinking ship right now. Like, I'm not even sure how they can field an entire team Sunday. And as I said at the very beginning, they don't need to just field a team. They need to win this freaking game. And if you ask me, not just win the freaking game, but cover the freaking game. And no, I'm not going to say which way I bet. They better cover. It should be easy enough to do. The line is dropping. The money is moving to Indy. This is how little people think of the Raiders right now. Josh McDaniels has got to win this game. Now, I don't think that Mark Davis had any attention before of sawing this dude off after only one year. But I do think that could absolutely change if they don't or he doesn't win this game. And if he doesn't win this game, what Mark Davis should do, if you ask me, and he should ask me, he should bust out the old overhead projector, which, by the way, was one of the most incredible moves ever. A move made famous by Pops. Remember? I've seen Al Davis's projector game. The projector firing of Lane Kiffin. It came up this week as a comp to Jim Crasey's insane presser. It's a bad take. That projector firing was incredible. So far ahead of its time. Yeah, I mean, it's become kind of infamous. But at that time, it was straight fire. Al Davis could not have been any more clear or any more concise in his complete and total evisceration of Lane. And I'm a big Lane fan. But that was a complete and total overhead projector evisceration of Lane. It was incredible. Firing Lane on the tarmac was nothing compared to the overhead projector firing of Lane. I mean, that press conference essentially is the bar. That's the standard. And the complete and total opposite of what we heard and saw from Ursay this week. You know, um, really, um, you know, really last last night, I mean, of, of actually, you know, picking up the phone and, and calling him, I, I um, in, in terms of, um, um, 
um, you know, uh, talking, you know, talking to him. Kirstie and, Alley. And Chris and I talking and saying, hey, um, you know. Val Kilmer. Somebody should dig Alvin I, up. You know, I think it's Alvin Davis, I mean. And, and Jeff Samantha. And have him run the projector on that. That's what I want to see. That's what I want to see. I mean, that that's kooky. That's brain dead. Go back and watch the Al Davis projector presser. Man, my man was sharp as hell and on point. That was anything but on point. In fact, my man Josh McDee is lucky the old dude's not around because who the hell knows what the Maverick would have done to Josh, especially if Josh can't find a way to find a dub, eat a dub on Sunday. My man, get it. I'm still with you, Josh. Or maybe I'm not. You have to listen to Jim Rome's Big Head Bets podcast to find out whether or not I'm one of those rats scurrying about and jumping off the ship or if I still have your back. All right, so I have used antiperspirant sticks for years, but what is amazing about Dove Men Dry Spray is that it feels light and clean on your skin, and it's also quick and easy to use, and it's great for topping up when you're on the go. Now, let me ask you this. Do you feel like your antiperspirant keeps you dry all day? Dove Men Plus Care Dry Spray has an instantly drying antiperspirant formula that can help give you a cleaner feel and offers 48, I said 48, 48 hours sweat and odor protection. Dove Men Dry Spray feels light and clean on your skin, and it is so quick and easy to use, especially when you're on the go. Also, Dove Men Dry Spray contains Dove's unique one-quarter moisturizing cream that helps to protect your skin. It leaves your skin feeling comfortable, and it helps to protect it. Win, win, win. Try Dove Men Dry Spray. Goes on dry, clean feel all day. Scott Satterfield is their head coach. Scott, good to have you back. How are you? Doing great. Thanks for having me on, Tim. It's good to have you on. So coming off that dominant performance against James Madison, now you've got that enormous opportunity, Scott, that I mentioned at Clemson. I'm curious, how did the week of practice go? And then how do you feel about your team heading into tomorrow's showdown? Yeah, it's a great opportunity. I think this week the practice has gone really well. I think, you know, you mentioned earlier, you know, we've won four straight. And I think that's due to just the way we've been preparing. Um, Tuesday, Wednesday practices have been been outstanding. Guys are flying around, really having fun. And um, and then it's translating on game day. And I think great opportunity this week. You know, Clemson's won, I think, 38 straight at home. And, you know, obviously a great program. And it's just a great opportunity for our guys. And they've been eager, you know, to practice well this week and to go down and uh, play a great game. No, you're right. There's no think about that, Scott. They have won 38 straight at home. And there's a reason for that. They are tough, tough. At home, that's a hostile environment. You know, to the point you made, you have won four straight. You started the year two and three. You've won four straight. How different is the team now than it was maybe even a month ago? Well, I think, you know, obviously playing with a lot more confidence. Um, you know, the, those four games we've won, it, we basically won them in the second half. I mean, it, these games we've been playing have been tight at halftime. You know, kind of just battling. Um, and then come out in the second half, defense has been – Really, really good in the second half of these games. Offensively, doing some things to score enough points, and 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 really just kind of hanging in there and finishing the game. That's kind of been what we talked about all off season about how we just need to finish. Um, you know, and and we played some close games early. You know, you mentioned our record early on. Florida State was a four point loss. Boston College one point loss, and you know we gave up too many big plays in those particular games. And uh, you know we've been doing a lot better with that. 
um, as we move forward this four-game winning streak. Scott Satterfield's joining us. You know, I'm going to ask you about your offense in a minute, Scott, but defensively, I know it's all about Clemson, but I do want to ask you about that beatdown you laid on Wake Forest a couple of weeks back. It was significant to me for a few reasons. Number one, the 48 points was the most Louisville had scored against a top 10 team since 2016. That's one thing, but defensively was something else. You forced eight turnovers, eight turnovers against a very good Wake Forest team, which is incredible. Have you ever had a defense that was more opportunistic and more intent on ball hawking than the unit you had that day? <laughs> no, I've never seen anything like it. We had we had six turnovers in the third quarter, and mm. – I mean, I think that's incredible. That's hard to do. I mean, a lot of times, you know, offenses, they won't get six possessions in a second half. And nevertheless, to get six turnovers. We also had eight sacks in the Wake Forest game by eight different players. And, and the eight turnovers you mentioned, six different players got the turnovers. So it was a total team defense uh, that went out there and played a great game. A lot of pressure on, on Sam Hartman, who we just had a lot of respect for uh, in their offense of how powerful it is. And you know, just kind of blew that game open in the third quarter. But I, I really, I've never been a part of that. It was I had the best seat in the house. It was fun to watch. Uh, you know, those guys continue to make plays, set our offense up for some great, great spots there to go score. But you know, that was a great win for us beating the top ten team. Those are mind-boggling numbers. Louisville playing Clemson Saturday. What about your quarterback Scott Malik Cunningham? He did injure his left hand, I guess, to a certain extent against James Madison. How did he look in practice this week? What is his status? Yeah. Yeah, he dinged his left hand, a non-throwing hand. Uh, you know, he's practiced all week. Um, he's been very solid. You know, at this point for him, it's a lot of mental, you know, the, the mental thing that, that is the biggest uh, challenge. And, you know, his legs are fine, his, his arm's fine. So, um, going into this game, I mean, he's looking forward to this. I mean, obviously, you know, we're on a big stage playing against a great team and um, with a lot of tradition, a lot of history and what they've been able to accomplish the last several years. And, you know, he wants to go out there and, and play a great game. And I think, uh, you know, it'll take a total team effort. You know, it'll take the, the defense to going out and, and playing a great defensive game. Special teams have to be solid. Then offense, we've got to take care of the ball. And, and, and we've got to score touchdowns. I mean, that's the big thing. you got to put points on the board to try to win. And, you know, if, if you go down there and play well, it'll be a team win, that's for sure. Scott Satterfield joining us for a few more moments. In fact, you touched on something I wanted to ask you about. How much time this week do you spend talking to your team about – not fearing or getting caught up in the enormity of the challenge and the big stage, as opposed to embracing an extraordinary opportunity that they have in front of them. Yeah, I think uh, it's a little bit of both. I mean, you know, one of the things I've been talking about this week was, but we got to play with poise. I mean, we got to have passion. You got to play very physical and all that. But we have to have poise, um, you know, and because you're going into a hostile environment, it's going to be senior day. There's going to be a lot of things going on there. It's going to be loud. Um, that, you know what, we're going we're to have some plays that probably won't go in our favor. But if we have poise and we play with poise and confidence, you know, then we're going to have a great opportunity. We, you know, and I tell our guys, I mean, you know, these, nobody, at the beginning of the season, nobody, they counted us out. You know, and you guys continue to rally. and We've won all these games in a row. And same thing this week, man, our back's against the wall. Nobody's going to think you're going to go win cut loose, have some fun, play with some great poise, and let's go get this win. Man, that's the truth. That's all you can ask for. You know, Scott, what about when you talk about a hostile environment, can you really prepare? I mean, I understand you can go with a silent count. I understand you can practice and pipe in a bunch of sound, but can you really prepare for an environment like that? It is very difficult. Uh, you know, you, you feel like um, you can't simulate all those people. It's so packed and crowded. Everything feels like it's on top of you. You know, you're, you're in between the lines. It's loud. You can't hear anything. You can't even hear the guy beside you. It's very difficult to, to, 
to stimulate simulate that. But you know, we did play at Syracuse in the dome the first game. It was a, it was very loud. I was one of the loudest places I've been inside that dome. We went to Central Florida on the road, picked up a nice win against the top twenty five team there with a hostile environment. So I think the experiences that we've had this season. We've learned a lot from, and, and I think we're going to carry that into this this game. And I, you know, we have a lot of veteran players. We have a lot of you know an old team and guys that have played a lot of ball and been in some hostile environments. And so they're just going to lean on their experiences. I think once we get down into Death Valley, you know, when you talk about experience, I wonder about this. You had them on the ropes last year at, at your place. You had the ball on your two, or actually their two, late in the game. I mean, you had your shot, obviously. I'm curious, does that one stick with you even a little bit still right now? Like, how badly do your guys want to avenge that defeat? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it sticks with me. I mean, I, you know, this is a different year, different team, but a lot of those guys were a part of that team there. And, you know, I was proud of our guys, how they continued to fight and battle last year against Clemson and got it down on two and just didn't punch it in. And, you know, had a great opportunity. We score, we win. And, um, you know, just to get that close, you know, it gave our guys confidence to know we can compete, and we can compete on a, at a high level with some of the best teams in the country. And, you know, and I think, um, you know, this year we've, we've, been, we've played that way. I and mean, we've gone out and we've competed with all these teams we've been playing. And, uh, you know, and I think it's another great chance and a great opportunity. But, you know, you have to get over the hump. You've got, you got, go, got to go win it, you know, against a, another top ten team in the country at their place. And, um, you know, we've done it at home, and now let's go on the road and get it done. So, final thought right there, you are playing well right now, and you're getting better week by week. You've won four in a row. You guys got to be feeling good about themselves. I mean, it's a given. Clemson is going to be tough to deal with under the best of circumstances. You and I talked about the fact they've won 38 straight there. But the best of circumstances may not be them coming. Well, maybe it would be. But them coming off a really tough loss to Notre Dame where Dabo Sweeney said, that might have been my toughest day since I got here. What are you expecting from them given that beatdown they suffered last week? How do you think they'll respond and show up? Yeah. Well, they got a lot of pride in that program, I know. And they've won national championships, won a ton of games. And, you know, they didn't play well last week. Um, You know, it's hard to go in and play great week in and week out. But I know they got a lot of pride you know, as I mentioned earlier, senior day, these guys are, you know, playing back in front of their home. And the thing about it is all week, well, they've been, that's what they've been here. Hey, you guys got your tails whipped at Notre Dame, you know. And, you know, if you hear that enough, you're going you're gonna to rise up and respond. And so we, we expect their best, their best team. Uh, we expect them for them to come out and they're going to be eager and, and hungry and ready to go out and prove that that was a fluke. And, and that's how we're preparing. So we're, we're prepared for their best shot. we got to withstand that, keep our poise, and then go out there and, and, and finish off the game. Hey, Scott, I'm glad you said that. One quick follow before I let you go. You expect their best shot. Do you feel deep down your best beats their best? Well, I have to think, I have to believe that. Uh, you know, I have to believe that we're going to play our best and we're going to go down and, and we've got to create turnovers. We've got to get in the backfield. Um, you know, whoever's playing at quarterback for them, we've got to get there and, and rattle him just like we did with Hartman and some of these other teams we've been playing. And then offensively, we take care of the football and, Go score some touchdowns. We'll have a great opportunity to win. Shoot, Coach. I have to ask you one more thing. You said whoever plays quarterback for them. So they are they have played two quarterbacks. So my question, do you have to prepare for two different quarterbacks because they are different players, or are you preparing for an offense and a scheme overall? Yeah, I mean, I think we have to we're, – we're aware of the, the differences of the two, two players, but we have to prepare for their offense. I mean, they have an outstanding running game. Uh, Shipley is one of the best backs in the country, all-purpose backs that, that's out there. Um, can run, he can catch, uh, he can do it all. So we're going to have to prepare for that offense and stop the offense. And then whatever quarterback's in the game, 
you know, we know their strengths and weaknesses, and, and we'll defend that. But I, but I think more than anything, it's really just stopping their offense and playing sound football. I get that. I respect that. You're right about Will Shipley, right? Once that guy gets going downhill, too, he can be a problem. Scott Satterfield joining us. Scott, first of all, I really appreciate you coming on before a big, big game. Great conversation. Thank you very much. Good luck to you, and I hope we can do it again soon. Yeah, appreciate it, Jim. Mike, what's going on, dude? I used to pull at those tour stops in SoCal all the time, so a dude knows what he's talking about. You know, Vance Mack, thanks for taking a call. It is My man has been far too long. And, you know, at my squadron at work, we're converting to a new airframe. The Air Force has pretty much owned my ass for the last year. I haven't been to any games. Uh, my main man, JT, is about ready to disown me. But, uh, you know, with the holiday today and uh, Veterans Day, uh, quick shout-out to all my fellow vets. And then that means you, Cindy, in Milwaukee. I love you, babe. Uh, I'm off today, Van Smack. I'm actually headed out uh, in the middle of West Texas right now. Got nothing but uh, windmills and tumbleweeds around me. Heading out to Lubbock to hang out with my daughter. She's a junior at Texas Tech. She pledged. And uh, she's got a uh, Father's Day thing with the sorority this weekend. We're going to hang out. We're going to hit the KU game tomorrow night. Actually, check this out. One of my airplanes is going to be flying over the stadium Dropping, uh, dropping jumpers, and uh, we'll get to, uh, we'll get to spike the football with that. But you know, Jim, I keep listening to uh, all these people calling in. You got guys coming off the surf in Hawaii uh, with their hot takes on the Raiders. I wish I could come in like a boss, like a Rick and Buffalo, and just run straight fire on my football team. But dude, I got nothing, man. I got nothing. You cannot have a hit parade of failed first and second round draft picks over the last 10 years like this football team has and compete in the same division as Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. You can't do it. And 45 got fat, asked me on Twitter the other day, he goes, well, dude, what's up? You got the same team as you did last year. Dude, last year we were winning these close games. Our kicker was on fire, and our quarterback was obviously playing a little bit better. That's back. I was totally on board with the McDaniel hiring. I know I haven't called Ziegler McDaniel. I love it. I, I got what Josh did in Indy. I respected what he did. He went in there, didn't like the case, blew out of there. I got that. And more importantly, we have to build a football team. We got we to gotta build a team for the future. And right now, he's got, he's got nothing in-house that he, that he brought with him, except maybe a couple of failed uh, free agents. But you're asking about this game, and look at last year, this Indian Raider game last year, and, and the ramifications that that, that that game last year was a playoff game pretty much, and that just shows you what a year can do in the NFL. Right now, I'm going to tell you, bet this game, because if there's one consistent thing about our quarterback, it's his inconsistency, and dude is likely to have a monster game this week. So you and the big head, you fire out your wallets, and you put big money down on this game, because I guarantee you when the pressure's off, Derek Carr's going to come up big. That's all I got, Ben Smack. Ben, I am sorry about the absence, but you know me, I answer the bell as a Raider fan. Hell, I've called this show from Kuwait. I've called this show from Germany. I've been calling this show for 20 years, and I will still call it. I love you, babe. Raider Nation, man. Raider Mike. Let's go to Casey in L.A. Casey, my man, you're back. Casey, what's going on? Yo, what's crackalacking, Jimmy Jam? What's up, dude? Yo, dude, I, I had to call in because I need more sex. So I figured I'd call Jim Rome the new jungle sex therapist. <laughs> my man. Dude, <laughs> hey, yo, if, Louisville, if you need you more, me? go ahead. Louisville got eight turnovers in one quarter against Wake Forest? Six. Some teams, though, six. 
Some teams don't do that in a whole season. You don't even get that many turnovers in a bakery usually. But I do want to talk about, Liz, just the state of L.A. sports. Yeah, didn't we just have the Battle of L.A. the other day? Okay, so you have the Clippers, a team who's never won anything since they were back in Buffalo, and the Lakers, a team who may never win again. Yeah, of course, La GM got hurt. He's been hurt every year. He's been a Laker except in the bubble when the world stopped. And I realized, too, that the Lakers got 700 million bones dropped on them for changing staples to Crypto.com Arena, a.k.a. the Crypt, because their team is a bunch of dead men walking. Yeah, and speaking of dead men, uh, Matthew Stafford is in concussion protocol. No stuff, because that dude's been a punching bag for the entire NFL this season. That offensive line is Swiss cheese. But they can't block a tackling dummy. Gofford has been sacked more than Idaho potatoes. But he might end up being the first quarterback to die on the field while we're watching. And the Rams can't run the ball either. And I don't think Eric Dickerson or Marshall Falk are coming through that door anytime soon. Heck, I'll take Todd Gurley with one leg. And what happened to Sean McVay? He was some kind of genius. He's the boy wonder. No, no, no. He's calling plays, man, like he is Stevie Wonder. Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup, and Cooper Cup again. And then their defense managed to turn old man Bacon 45 back into the GOAT all in less than a minute last week. Well, this team is so far away from getting back to a Super Bowl, they need a navigation system to find their way back. Playoffs? Playoffs? Well, I just hope the Rams can win another game. And how about that Jim Ursay act? Okay, he hires Jeff Saturday. Uh, doesn't dude know that Saturday is probably the only day of the week the NFL doesn't play? Oh, yeah, yeah, maybe Coach Saturday with no experience, even in Pop Warner football, maybe he can change his name to Jeff Sunday or Jeff Monday night. And that press conference was classic. <laughs> was that Jim Ursay or was that Tony LaRussa? I kept waiting for one of the media members to ask dude to recite the alphabets. Yeah, what, Marvin Harrison didn't want any of that? Or you, Burt Jones wasn't available? But I tell you what I'm doing, Jim. I don't need big head bets for this. All I got to do is put my money down on the coach because they are now going to the Super Bowl for that coaching move. And then, of course, there's Kyrie. Every time Kyrie opens his pie hole, here's my reaction. What? I mean, he even compared himself to Dr. King last year. Whoa, whoa, Kyrie, get back in your lane, dude. You're setting the civil rights movement back 100 years. And if the Lakers ever dream of signing Kyrie Irving next year, they had better wake up and apologize because they already have the drama King, and now they'll have the drama Prince. Actually, Jim, though, that might be better because we'll have endless content with those two dudes. All right, dude, I'm going to get out of here. I want to say uh, props to all the veterans, though, on the real. My dad served, and I want to give real props to all of them that serve right now and protect our freedom, and especially to our main man, Pat Tillman. That was a hero. What he gave up in the NFL to go serve, and then he paid the ultimate price. It's all about America and all about the servicemen. Peace. I'm out. 
I'll tell you what, if ever there was a time for me to ask you how y'all living, now would be it, because I bet all of you would have a very different response. All right, so let's get at it. We start first with, well, if you're getting ready for work right now, well, then you're probably not. Frank Wright. Getting ready for work right now, then you're probably not. Frank Wright. Frank got the axe this morning. The thing is, I, I don't want to pile on. Well done, Al. That broke moments ago. He is Will Brinson. Jim, what's going on, man? Uh, yeah, actually, I, if I have to bolt early, it's because the Carolina Panthers are hiring me to be their, their interim head coach. Touchdown, Tampa Bay! Buccaneers There was nothing lead. amazing about that game. Nothing amazing other than how bad these two teams are now. That was f***ing awesome. It's more like that was pitiful. That was excruciating. It is good! Cameron Dicker for the win. Twitter. Big Dicker energy. Did clones hack into the Chargers Twitter account? Dicker has the kicking power of three legs. My man came back from Halloween with a whole bag full of penis. Reese's penis buttercups. John Robinson is my guest. I was actually in a movie with him once called Two really? for the Money. People literally come up to me on the street and say, hey, man, are you Matthew McConaughey? That's crazy. Is it cool if I tell him that I, I talked to you? He'll be like, who? Rome who? Hold on, hold on, buddy. We need this system to crash in order to get good phone calls. While the other QBs are doing high knees in the plane, my guy Kirko Cousins is covered in ice, giving his team a brain freeze. I have a, a little message for Mark in Hollywood, JD in Philly, Rooster from Maverick. Tell me how my ass tastes. Tell me how my ass Aloha, Jim. Aloha, my man. Where? Oahu. Hope to see you here someday. Clones, you can either win with me or you can watch me win. You want to bet against this guy? Put your money down, people. <laughs> How do you Love not let John it. Fox be your Love guy you so I can reset you that more that often? Can anybody write a song about what would Gus Bradley say? What did Gus Bradley say? <laughs> Have fun yes, with that, Colts fans. Email. me, my man. I don't know how to make sausage, but I do know how to lay the sausage. Come on. <laughs> The red rifle looked like a red rider BB gun. JJ went there. There's a lot of a lot of kids and a lot of people that look up to him. And for him to make comments like that, they meant he's just showing that. Holy crap, bro! Relax. He called you a easy Andy. Joey Logano is my guest. I always say it. You can't fly like an eagle when you're working with a bunch of turkeys. And there is a bunch of eagles working over there, and, and it makes it special. What we need is hides a gun in a raw chicken guy. Found a handgun hidden inside an uncooked hen wait you can't carry a glock onto a plane in an unlocked fleshy chicken tommy gun turducken gauchos shomaha skip schumacher when you hit 400 at ucsb what was that year like this is a funny story i listened to you when i was in college i remember you saying our will is stronger than your doubt Greg Burhalter, what are your top priorities and concerns? First thing is getting over the jet lag, getting acclimated to the environment there. And then the second thing would be preparing the group for that first game, coming up with a game plan that can help us beat well. What is the song that you guys play? Is it a call drop? Great question. Okay, it's Fantastic Man by William Anyabor. So it was totally organic. It just kind of stuck. So we kind of liked it. The kid. The kids. Dude, dude, no, <laughs> the listeners. No, no. You see what you just did? Yeah. You said the kids. Wes Brick's been coming off the bench. However, he did show up humming, You Won't Break My Soul. I think I'd probably be humming Brick House. Is this the beef jerky segment? Right, beef is with Paul. 
He never takes me anywhere fun. Yeah, this is Coach O, and I'm gonna be Brian Kelly. They beat Alabama without Joe Burrow? Making me look bad. Well, we got a beef with the state of Ohio, buddy. Their drivers can't drive, their teams can't win, and their people are obese. Corey is a triple-layer fudge cake. What happened to Johannes? Romy, my beef is with you for bringing up Ren Fairs, acting like peasants and bowing to a fake queen. Well, Rome, it's a ridiculously uh, ridiculous. No, I'm just kidding, dude. Ah. I have got so much tail, dude. It's not even funny. The wife wants to wrestle constantly. Boy Wonder? No, no, no. He's calling plays, man, like he is Stevie Wonder. Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup, and Cooper Cup again. Props to all the veterans, though. Alvin's got a lot of political takes. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fire the cannon! Probably not. Frank Reich. <laughs> That's not very nice. No, but... Yeah, thanks. Huge fan. Thanks for having me on, Jim. War Lady Moans. The top quartile of that upper quartile. A squirt of mail. Ah. my house down when it happened. Like, stop interrupting me, bitch! Menendez Brothers Haiku. Thanks for everything you do, Jim. Props to all the veterans on the reel. I've been calling this show for 20 years, and I will still call we it. We have to start this show over again. It's not even you clones, it's me. Hey, let's do that. Hey now, what's going on? Good night now! Good night!